0: Give it up, baby. I've studied all your moves.
1: Yeah, study this! Welcome to episode number 10 of the Forbidden Technique podcast on the Fight site Podcast Network. With me your co-host Silas Martin and my co-host as always Christian Reynolds. And today we're just hitting a quick recap of last night's UFC Fight Night card headlined by Islam Makachev versus Bobby Green. Um, we both picked Bobby Green with extreme confidence because we're both extremely biased and because Bobby Green's cool and like... Uh, islam makachev is obviously very good but like none of the stuff he does didn't do anything just for the purpose of just being cool and that's the kind of fighters we like and why bobby green's so good but obviously backs it up with tremendous depth of skill but islam makachev kind of just fucking smushed him it was short notice it'd be like that shit happens um i had ed on last week to give a very in-depth technical analysis of both fighters grappling and skill sets and how that fared for Bobby Green. And he hit on a lot of very uh, pertinent stuff. You know, Bobby Green wanting to go for counter wrestling, more than defensive wrestling, his tendency to hit guillotines. Also called out Bobby Green's strength in the clinch, which we saw. Uh, Islam Makachev, very good at punching into clinches and just, Uh, getting takedowns off of any position that he can get from a clinch entry. Like, he'll let people get double underhooks on him and then just throw them from there. But Bobby Green did a great job of denying the throws and foot sweep attempts. But then Islam Makachev chained it to a double leg, got him down from top half guard, threatened a Kimura that allowed him to pass to mount. Bobby Green had no choice but to turn his back where Islam Makachev sunk in a deep back mount and did... What I like to see MMA fighters do in that situation, which because most of the time, if you haven't already sunk in a rear naked choke grip by the time you're putting the hooks in, a lot of the time it's not going to be there and you're just wasting time and letting the guy defend and uh, work for position by trying to get a clean submission finish. And It's like, just throw punches, because even though Bobby Green wasn't taking basically any damage in this situation... Um, he just couldn't really defend any of the the punches like intelligently. He couldn't improve position. It was kind of just a checkmate stoppage. Took almost no damage.
0: Thought Bobby showed enough that he didn't embarrass himself. Like he definitely would have done better had he had a full camp. Like I'm I'm sure of it. Just on like knowing he would need to be working his strength and conditioning more because he didn't really have to. Like compete for strength at all with Nasrat and nor would he think that he actually has to he he seemed to just be working on his volume and he was kind of slimmer in this fight than he is for like the fight with Clay Guida for example so he he does prepare for his opponents and he also would have done well to have more training for 5 rounds because he just came off of a 3 3 round camp and then fought 10 days after that when he had already inflated a bunch so there's definitely, definitely context to Islam's win, but it's still impressive as fuck to beat Bobby Green on any amount of notice, especially by finish. Like, if Bobby Green's in the fight, it's a hard fight.
1: Yeah, and especially nobody's just taken Bobby Green's lunch money like that since Dustin Poirier knocked him out in the first round. So Islam Makachev, like we said, he's obviously very good. His striking is exactly as good as it needs to be to set up his wrestling entries. And he has a huge variety of wrestling entries that he can chain together. And once he gets you in, into positions, you know every position he puts you in just has specific planned escape routes that he is two steps ahead of. And everything you do to try and improve position just like funnels you deeper into his win condition. He's a very strong technical fighter, even though I don't find him particularly fascinating. But um, he's probably going to be fighting for a title next. Um, That's fine. I don't particularly favor him against Justin Gaethje or Charles Oliveira. I think he has a better chance against Justin Gaethje. I think Charles Oliveira um, uh, takes his life.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think if Charles and Islam fight, it would be a sanctioned murder.
1: Um, As for Bobby Green, uh, he saved this card. Um, I don't know what would have been the main event if Bobby Green hadn't come through, and apparently a lot of people didn't pick up the phone when asked to fight Islam Makachev on a week's notice. So the UFC really shouldn't put Bobby Green back into the Landover Nata realm off of this loss. He should still be getting a relevant opponent and realistically a main event. He's still earned it. Um, and so in the co-main event, Wellington Termin defeats Misha Serkanov by second-round armbar. Um, Misha Surkinov, a guy who at some point appeared to be a pretty promising prospect at light heavyweight, Uh, ADCC gold medalist with some okay boxing fundamentals, clearly had a reasonably well-rounded skill set, but was just constantly getting chin-checked by huge punches. just didn't have the durability. And now his confidence is shot to the point that he's getting subbed by uh, Wellington Turman. Uh, had his back taken while standing in the first round, was able to work out of that and got Wellington Turman on his back and was beating the shit out of him from top for a little bit. But then in the second round, uh, Wellington Turman just throws up an arm bar from bottom and Misha Serginhoff didn't, he just tapped immediately. It didn't, it didn't seem like he even tried to fight it. And uh, yeah, so third ADCC gold medalist in like the last year to lose, by submission, I think. So just like, yeah. Maybe don't get too hype on people over uh, really specific uh, accomplishments in other niche combat sports that aren't MMA.
0: Yeah, it seems like the worst space for jiu-jitsu in MMA is to be good at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Better just be a good MMA grappler.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Charles Oliveira doesn't. Uh, have any pure jiu-jitsu credentials that I'm aware of. Okay, and then moving down the card, uh, the fight of the night, and honestly, one of the most fun women's MMA fights I've ever seen, Priscilla cash versus Gion Kim. They, they swung, and they bunged. This was a fight between two people who just had really bad defense, but tried really hard. And, and, and it was fun.
0: And Priscilla did not ever shy away from the line of fire. She was constantly staying in range and Kim's range was much longer. So Cachoeira kept having to crash in to actually be able to get offense off. But she landed anytime she really really sat down on anything. And then in the third round, it, it was very back and forth for like the first two minutes and then Cachoeira just started pouring it on and really took it towards Kim in the end of the third
1: yeah, there were there were good chunks of this fight where Kim was actually able to utilize her reach advantage to some extent. Was just uh, just hitting Kashwera with straight punches from really far away, but whenever Kashwera just committed to just barreling forward with with hard offense, it kind of just worked. She was just like blasting elbows and knees and shit, and Kim just really didn't have any answer defensively in close range. But um, I hope they don't cut Gion Kim off of this fight. Because she's just always fun.
0: Yeah, and she was doing some clever things to get herself back into the fight leading up into the like end of the third when she was just out of it completely. Got horribly cut by an elbow and that kind of started to make her fight a bit worse, I think.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of people gave her the first two rounds in this fight. Yep. Which I think is fair. The, fir- the first round is close enough and the second round is definitely on Kim's. And then the third round-, round was really close until like the last minute or two when Cashwara came on really strong with the elbows and knees so just I don't I don't want to see fighters get cut off of just great entertaining undercard action fights particularly in like kind
0: of weak divisions so keep keep Geon Kim around I mean this was the third fight on the on the main card I mean yeah they must really like her
1: and then uh moving down um, if you wanted to laugh at me about my stupid grappling takes in the main event, uh, at least I was right about this one, Christian. Armin Sayukian just beat the fucking shit out of Joel Alvarez. Joel Alvarez just about making weight and um, just gave up a stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, w- w- wasn't even a takedown? He just went for some kind of weird roll, going for a, a knee bar or something wacky. I'm not even sure what it was. Um, and So you can just took top position and was like, oh yeah, I'm just not going to let you like, do arm bars or triangles because that's, that's not, it's not going to work against me. And um, uh, lock, locked him down in top full guard for a little bit and then just ended up landing some absolutely disgusting elbows that split whole Alvarez wide open. He was bleeding all over the place in the second round, just had his way with him on the ground, just mercilessly beat him into a pulp until the referee stopped it. Solid performance from Armin Sayukian.
0: It was very impressive. Uh, I I wasn't that surprised to see Sayukian just, like, kind of take over the second that Alvarez gave up, because Alvarez got hit by the elbow, and then he was not really in the fight for the rest of it.
1: Yep. I said before that if if Soyuki wins this fight, I'd like to see him fight Hanato Moikano. Still, would really like to see that fight, but he's probably probably earned a step up at, at lightweight at this point. And sh- should be getting some more relevant matchmaking that's going to be pushing him towards title contention because he's clearly very good. Probably give him
0: the loser of RDA Fizzy.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Or you could give him like Gregor Gillespie. And then some moving down, uh, Gregory Rodriguez versus Armand Petrosian. Armand Petrosian picking up a split decision victory over Gregory Rodriguez. And live, not watching this fight too close, I was kind of like, hmm, does this mean that people can win fights in MMA by kicking off of the back foot? Now that's interesting. And then re-watching it just before recording this podcast, I'm like, no, Gregory Rodriguez kind of just got robbed a little bit. Oh, it was a good fight though.
0: Yeah, I had it for Rodriguez live, but wasn't, like, upset about the decision. Decision Now I think it's, like, a little bullshit. Uh, but it, it's not really going to halt either their progression, or it doesn't put a hard cap on either, the, either of their ceilings at this point any more than Rodriguez already had put on him. Like, I, I don't think either guy is going to be elite soon, but it seems like Petrosian could become something in the next three or four years. And it was very violent.
1: Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I mean, it was a fight where... um, I guess the one good thing that it's saying about the judging is the fact that for good stretches of this fight, Gregory Rodriguez was a pressuring, but also being extremely negative and not actually throwing that much and just trying to pin Petrosian up against the cage while Petrosian was kind of just like throwing a steady volume of like jabs and low kicks off of the back foot. So... Um, I definitely had Petrosian winning the first round despite him constantly being pushed back up to the cage by Rodriguez because Rodriguez wasn't actually throwing that much and Petrosian was significantly outlanding him on volume even though he wasn't causing any real significant damage. Then in the second round, Rodriguez visibly hurt him multiple times with with some big right hands and then it kind of seemed like he thought he had sealed the round off of that damage, which he probably should have, but also just went back to getting jabbed and low kicked for the rest of the round, which I think is probably how he dropped the decision. The third round, he ends up dropping Petrosian, uh, taking his back into a Suloev stretch, and then like working for a pretty deep rear naked choke in which Armand Petrosian showed, you know, his, his just calm and ability to work out of these things. It, 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 it was a good fight, um, and I think shows good things for Armand Petrosian moving forward as a now 7-1 and one fighter in the UFC middleweight division. Who would you like to see him
0: fight now? Uh shit. That's a hard one. Sam Alvey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. That'll really test where each guy's at. Because we haven't really seen Petrosian have the lead outside of, you know, like... His contender series fight, he was more just being aggressive as a reaction to the fact that his opponent was coming at him. And then this one, he could not push Rodriguez back outside of a few sequences. And against Alvi, Alvi would not lead. He would never.
1: Okay, that, thanks for that, Christian. Okay, so before this, we had Ignacio Baja-Mendez versus Jurong in the lightweight division. Ignacio Baja-Mendez winning by submission in the third round where he put on a kind of classic tool man clinic where he just threw straight punches and like uppercuts and front kicks from miles away. And, um, got you wrong to panic into closing distance really recklessly where he'd try and snap him down into front chokes, which ended up working. The choke that he ended up finishing with was not something that I know that I've seen before. It was kind of, Kind of like a ninja choke, but from like top side control
0: almost. It was kind of weird. Bahamandes was getting kind of lit up to the body in the second round. Jurong really started the second round like very aggressive. He started trying to pressure better than he was in the first round. He started hitting the body more, but it seemed a little late because Bahamandes had already kind of gotten a lot of reads and he he had done some attrition of his own. And he started meeting him with the body shots as well, and not just letting him take over the body attrition war. And then in the third round, it was just, it was really just he was worn out. And also, Jurong missed weight, so I'm wondering if that could have something to do with his cardio faltering late, but it also very well could have just been the pace. Bahamundes puts out a lot of volume every fight. I believe he's had over 100 significant strikes, either attempted or landed, in, over the three-round fights for all of his UFC fights so far.
1: Yeah, I think another issue for Zhu Rong was that uh, he was definitely... He was definitely coming on a lot stronger in the second round, pressuring, like you say, hit, hitting the body. But um, he would like get bah- Bahamendes to the cage and hit him with a, a nice combination and then like back up and do a stupid taunt and just... And just concede a bunch of space for no reason and let Bahamendaz get back into the into the fight. And it really seems like if he had just been able to commit to consistent pressure and keeping Bahamendaz on the cage, he probably could have won this fight. But um, Bahamendaz is pretty cool. I don't really know what his ceiling is, but he's got a fun game and cool shot selection. He's had a few nice finishes. Losing to John McDessie with the kind of experience differential that was there is... I don't think it's a particularly bad look at that point in your career. He could fight like, I don't know, like the the, the winner of Drew Dober versus Ricky Glenn or somewhere in that uh, that kind kind of area of the division. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see him fight someone that's over 5'10 and hits hard.
1: Also just do him versus like Jalen Turner if you want to get all the big, weird, freaky people at lightweight. And Josiane Nunes versus Ramona Pasquale was uh, actually another really fun fight. <laughs> Apparently, the, the women's matchmaking was just on point tonight. Josiane Nunez is kind of the new Jessica Andrade. She's just stocky and jacked and moves forward and throws stupid power. And uh, Pasquale was just clearly very inexperienced, but was, was tough and hung in there and made it a good fight.
0: Yeah, Pasquale did her best, but her best wasn't enough. At all, Nunez just had a, a lot more strength and firepower the entire fight.
1: Yeah, and, and it seems like she actually might be a prospect in this division. But yeah, not not a ton to say about that one, but but it was pretty fun. Uh, Terence McKenny submitted a guy easily. And so did uh, Remy's Brahmaj. Um, and then Jonathan Martinez versus Alejandro Perez for what seemed like one of the better like skill action fight matchups on the card was just kind of a tepid kickboxing match with a pretty low pace for most of three rounds where Jonathan Martinez would just throw a pretty low pace of mostly just left high kicks from long range and uh, Alejandro Perez was able to get into the pocket and drop Martinez pretty hard at at the end of the first round but it was too late too late to get the finish and Martinez was just was able to cinch the other two rounds with just the same mid-pace of kicks that he kept for most of the first round other than getting dropped at the end.
0: And that was kind of it. Yeah, if anyone wants to watch it, you only need to watch the first round to really know what happened.
1: Yeah, it's the same dynamic. And neither guy really adjusts and Alejandro Perez isn't really able to uh, find any moments in the rest of the fight that, that can seal it for him. Even though he got the most significant moment of offense in the fight by far,
0: and Martinez having like kind of screwy mechanics messed with his ability to really do effective damage to Perez, because like in the by the third round he had figured out a few things that were working to get damage off that he he wasn't really getting to in the first round, but it was like it wasn't doing that much. Like he had a really slappy left hand counter he was landing over and over off his jab.
1: Yeah, he finally started. He finally started like. Like building his left hand off of his left high kick and stuff
0: and he threw like 20% more in the second and third than he did in the first round it seems like that was his main adjustment to getting dropped is oh I'll just throw more
1: yeah I don't know how far either guy is going in this division but there's still enough fun technical journeymen around this kind of area in this division where, where they can all just have good undercard fights with each other I think Jonathan Martinez versus uh, John Castaneda would be a good one
0: Yeah, and this fight was at 145, so that's probably why it was lame.
1: Oh, because you can't make a bad fight at Bantamweight?
0: Nope. But you can definitely make a bad fight between Bantamweights at Featherweight. There you go.
1: Okay, so that's all we're really going to touch on from this card. It was a card that kind of uh, overperformed for the names that were on it. It was good fun, but nothing that's particularly going to stand the test of time. Uh, you can catch us in just a few days where uh, for some reason on the last podcast, the last podcast, I said that uh, there was a week break uh, before the next pay-per-view, but I just had my dates all fucked up. Uh, The UFC schedule is relentless and we will be previewing UFC 272 in just a few days. Uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Colby Covington, Rafael Fasci versus Rafael dos Anjos, and uh, a pretty stacked undercard to back it all up. This has been the Forbidden Technique podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this and all of the other stuff that the fight site puts out, please consider supporting us on Patreon. There's a large list of different tiers on the Patreon with different benefits starting at just $3 a month for a huge library of really good analytical fight content, as well there's a Discord server, scouting reports, custom content requests, all the good shit. But yeah, that, that, that's us done for this week. We'll catch you guys later. Goodbye. Peace.